1: Hey Mimi, hey GG When you're driving around, just seeing the town, sitting bored at home, feeling all alone. Fill up a glass, pick out a glass We got the tea, we got the sauce. Get queerified. Okay. Yeah.
2: Let's get queerified.
0: Hey Mimi! Hi Gigi! Are you ready to get Queerified? Yes! So on Queerified, you'll hear from special guests in the LGBTQIA plus community, and of course, some allies too.
3: And we share everything, like what it was like growing up queer, the
0: successes and lessons of life, and how to celebrate queer joy every day. Today, I'm so excited to have a friend of mine on the show. She's actress Emily Hampshire. You might know her as the angsty, quirky, and hilarious hotel clerk from the Rosebud Motel in Schitt's Creek. Stevie is one of my favorite characters from the show, and I can't wait to dive in way deeper today. And before we start this pod, please don't forget to call into the Queerified Hotline at 1-844-QUERIES. That's Q-U-E-E-R-Y-S. Call and ask us anything maybe we'll play yours on the podcast without further ado please welcome to the show my pansexual sis Emily Hampshire and we are back on queerified on this very special
3: day with the Emily Hampshire <laughs>
0: hey hey oh my god thank you for coming also happy belated birthday emily thank you you look so cute in your bow that's like one of my favorite things that emily does there's always a bow there's always a sweet little touch you look so pretty there
4: is always a bow thank you so do you i haven't seen you in so long i mean i see you on instagram all the time so i feel like it's
0: not that long but i was gonna say in real life but like this is real life now this is our real life yeah oh my god and I saw you. I feel like one of the last times we like fully talked and had a moment was on your podcast slash talk show, Hump Day with Hampshire. Yeah,
4: yeah, that was at the be-
0: that was first um, pre-pandemic.
4: Well, it was just it was. I can't believe I'm going to be nostalgic for the first wave <laughs> of quarantine. It was right when the quarantine started, and I was asked to do this kind of charity talk show that I thought it was a uh, for the Actors Fund, which when I was approached with it, I'm like, I think we can do better than helping just actors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it actually helps uh, everyone in the entertainment industry from like uh, ushers to singers to the crew. So, and I thought it would be a week, maybe two weeks. It ended up being like two seasons of Fleabag's worth of episodes.
0: <laughs> Wait, what do you what's what do you mean Fleabag? It's a TV well, show. Fleabag had
4: six episodes a show, so it's like oh. twelve. We did ten episodes for the Actors Fund. How
3: much how much money did you raise? Can I ask? I don't actually know. I should know that.
0: Probably a good amount. You killed it. I had fun. Well, thank you for coming on our podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm in the closet. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Literally. Does that feel nostalgic?
4: <laughs> it feels so much better now in this closet. Yeah, I'm this way.
3: You know, a lot of people have been going through this pandemic. A lot of people have been doing a lot of things, actually. I think we all thought we would be staying home, doing nothing. You've also done a lot of things. Um since the pandemic started. Yeah. You know, because we googled everything. Like we looked at okay. IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Are you producing a show?
4: I am. I um actually Gigi's known about this for a long time. Um <laughs> and even before Gigi, um, it's been my dream for almost a decade now to do this remake of um an old show from the seventies called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman.
3: Wait. Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, is that the first TV show to have a gay couple. Yes, it is. In the seventies, they had a gay couple. I just they remember that right couple, now,
4: and and it was a gay couple. Like they didn't make a thing of it being weird, and yes. married with friends with them. And there's so many. I mean, Norman Lear, the guy who produced that, who is producing my show, our show. He's a hundred years old. No, he's ninety nine. He's going to be. Oh a my husband. god!
3: Oh, I thought you were kidding. Oh my god! For real? So. I'm,
4: not, I'm <laughs> not kidding. He's going to celebrate his hundredth birthday on the set of. Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman 2. And all his shows are very progressive and breaking boundaries. Like, that's what I loved about Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. When I watched it, this show in the 70s, I was like, this is it blew me away. So
0: ahead of its time. It kind of sounds like Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. kind—I kind of see it on a marquee as like a musical. Has it been like portrayed as a musical yet? <laughs> but
4: you bet that if I have my Druthers, I don't even know where that came from. I don't even know what Druthers is. It's I, we got the gist. Okay, if um, Druthers
3: pastels.
4: Yeah, I I will hundred percent do a musical version of like episode. Every show that I go on, uh, the first thing I ask is, can we do a musical episode?
0: Wow. Okay. You and Mark are best friends yeah, immediately. Because I love
3: musicals. I'm oh, really? going to be in New York in like a week. I'm so excited to go finally see a musical. But um, if you haven't seen Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, everybody go on YouTube. There are literally scenes from men in the 70s talking about coming out. They're like, why should we hide? Like, everybody should know who we are. And I, it, it was really fucking crazy watching that.
0: I can't believe you know it's that. Insane. That's so great. Yeah,
3: I do. I didn't I didn't realize that cuz we were talking about Mary Hartman Mary Hartman. I didn't know it was that show until right now. That's crazy.
0: Well, Emily, when we had talked about it before, you were always very adamant about telling a story, a trans story, an interracial story, a gay story, a pansexual story, whatever it may be, but not really touching on it, not making it a thing. Like that's what we always had talked about. And to see it come to fruition now, it got picked up by TBS. I heard through the great
1: Can you talk a little
0: bit about how much that means to you to work with TBS on such a a groundbreaking project?
4: It's just every stage of this has been kind of like a birthday present. Like the first stage of it was just even... You know, I'd never even pitched a show before. And I went in to pitch Norman Lear, who is a a legend of a producer. And so just for them to want to do it, I was like, oh, my God, my dream has come true. I can die now. And then the next step was like, oh, we have to sell it to Sony. And then that happened. And so when TBS happened, it's funny because you know this, that like as on the other side of it, you know, news before it comes out right, right. Yeah. no so i knew about this for i mean gosh almost 7 months what yes. uh, yeah so when it came out and everyone's like congratulations it's so amazing i they just hadn't finished negotiating they finished negotiating on norman's like they did the deal on Norman's 99th birthday, which was the best wow. thing. Wow.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. He must be thrilled as well. That is so great. Congrats. Also your new show based on the Stephen King novel is I heard really spooky and I really wanted to ask you a question. So, I know you filmed in Nova Scotia. We had talked. Nova Scotia, to you. Canada. Yeah. Hey, Nova Scotia. Hey, East Coast. I know how spooky that can be already, but uh-huh. to film during a pandemic, how was that?
4: Well, you know, too, because I was going, I was leaving to go to Halifax before everything happened. And then they had to stop production. And so we were all quarantined. I I had given my measurements for it's set in the 1850s. I wear a corset. I'd given my measurements. And then th- the show, I didn't know when it would come back again. Um, So I got an industrial sized bucket of Nutella. Obviously. Oh
0: my God, you totally Pandemic. love so much junk food too. <laughs> <laughs> Emily <laughs> eats like literally on the, the exact name? same level <laughs> yeah, as I do. <laughs> yeah.
4: But so I like, I bought that as a joke. I thought it was funny. Ultimately, didn't know the quarantine was going to go on for so long. I got to the bottom of that bucket of Mm Nutella. Yeah. With a spoon (laughs) and then found out we were going. And it was one of the first productions I think that went during COVID. And I think it's because it was Canada and Halifax, but it was a learning experience. I mean, if I'm being very honest, Gigi, Please, since you know me. Obviously. There's a lot about like, obviously COVID was, is terrible, all the illness, we don't want that. But I'm a silver linings person. And there's a lot about quarantining and masks and all kinds of stuff that and, and the way we shot things um, that I quite liked. For example, when you're on set, it used to be that you'd have these like, candy buckets of things on on tables everyone would put their hands in it and like they pass around food all the time all day long that went away and I was happy about that <laughs> <laughs> and also like I liked it. I like to eat. I like to be alone a lot. Gigi knows this. Yes, I do. I like to be alone a lot. And so I loved that I went to Halifax and I had to quarantine for two weeks. By myself, right? Right, <laughs> got me food. I didn't, and everyone was like, Are you okay? I'm so sorry you have to do this. And I'm like, Oh, it's hard. It's hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna get through it. I hope I can do four four weeks. Yeah, yeah.
3: What was your favorite part of um, Halifax?
0: Well, I did my first ever
4: series in Halifax when I was a kid. When I was so, it was a return to Halifax. Yeah, so it was a return. It was when I was like 17, 18 when I was there. So Going back, what was so crazy was all these crew members, like our, our um, cameraman said to me, he's like, you were my first ever scene and oh i remember and he was behind me and then someone else would be like my first prosthetic was, was the, and then i'm like i'm so old
0: I'm oh my so god good. no that's everything that's like nostalgic <laughs> for you. you yeah yeah it was fun did you guys all get halifax matching tattoos <laughs> um we
4: didn't i think we all
0: regret it yes yeah
4: naturally you
3: know. you've actually filmed a lot in canada I just realized Shit's Creek was also filmed in Canada.
4: No, I mean I was born there, but working there. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was grew up in Toronto. Well, I was born in Montreal. I moved to Toronto for a while. Same
3: story as Gigi. Yeah,
4: yeah, and Tiffany and she's um, my long lost sister. Yeah, actually, she asked me. She was like, "I want to know um, how how you're going to get along with you, and because we haven't met before."
0: And she's like, I think you guys are gonna like be besties. So, oh my God. So, for anyone that doesn't know who Tiffany is, uh, earth to the listener, it's my sister, (laughs) my sister Tiffany. And that actually goes into my next question. I really don't know if people kind of know that we know each other. It's a kind of weird, we don't have many photos together. We haven't done many things together publicly, but we literally spent like New Year's together one time. You know, you kind of were like seeing my sister, so oh, yeah. I just, I just want to hear. <laughs> I asked you. Oh, yeah. Okay, because
4: I at the time when we were seeing each other, she was not out. Right. I mean, like okay. I remember know, what were
0: Emily? What were you gonna say?
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember we were at the GLAAD Awards, and I didn't know you guys. I was there um, presenting Dan with an award and I saw this like super hot girl going into the bathroom and like, you guys were doing your hair and I wanted to talk to her, but I didn't know uh, how to do that. So I was like, oh, oh, where'd you get that clip in your hair? That's (laughs) what
5: she told me.
4: Clip and, um, and then I think I asked for her her Instagram or something. And she's like, Tiffany, look it up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she did. Oh my God, you're so right. She did say that. So yeah. the Glad Awards is like, it's everyone's safe space. So I feel like you being shy is so cute, Emily, to like come up to someone because everyone's living their life at this kind of gala.
4: Yeah, I'd never been to it before. It was my first time. Oh, cute. it was also my first time approaching somebody like I... I don't think I've ever. I don't even slide into people's DMs. But I was like, this is my only chance because I didn't know. I didn't know who she was, where she, anything, and she. She was wearing this blue jumpsuit. (laughs) (laughs) I know the one. Wait. So, what what
0: was your favorite thing about Tiffany when you first started hanging out with her?
4: That she's real. She's just like, you know, the group of people she hangs out with that you guys all hang out with are
0: super fake
3: No, (laughs) super superficial
4: what's really interesting is you're all such kind of stars in your own right in all different ways and what i love about tiffany is that she doesn't and it's it's not a fake thing it's that she's just so comfortable being her and in in this world that has a lot of shine everywhere. And he just, to me, cuts through that and is like,
0: oh. We all know Tiffany. And I feel like we all have that very same exact sentiment with her. No matter what situation she's in, no matter where she is, what she's doing, she's always authentic Tiffany. Yes. And that's what... The world needs more of like souls like that because everyone is so worried. We talk about this a lot on the podcast, actually, Emily. Everyone is so worried about what everyone else is going to think of them. There's just also so much insecurity, so much weight on other people's opinions. But once you finally let that go, you're finally free and everyone kind of sees the shine within you. And you know what? The people that don't like you, they just you just put them to the wayside. It's not even worth it.
4: Well, I always remember the quote your mom told you that you put like people who mind don't matter and people who matter don't mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: saw you look up. I do that, too.
4: Wow. My God, I can't believe you remember that. I love that quote. I think of that all the time because I am somebody who I mean, I've been an actor all my life. And so I think I grew up well i developed as a teenager when you're looking for your identity i discovered it in auditions looking at the people being like what do you want me to be and i think that's not a real healthy way to find a great sense of self and so i'm always kind of looking for kind of stuff that lets you be your own person um and helps you be that and that quote to me is everything
1: And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash audio. Visit IXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
3: Is there a type of role that you look for when you're looking for your next project? What do you like to do?
4: I really like,
0: well musicals. So I really like musicals, mm-hmm. but I'm not... A- wait, I- wait. Sidebar,
3: what's her favorite musical?
0: Can we guess? Yeah. Okay, let's guess. I'm gonna say her favorite musical is Hamilton.
3: Okay. I'm gonna go a little bit deeper. I want her favorite musical to be Next to Normal. Oh, I don't even know that one. I oh my feel- god, Next to Normal with Alice <laughs> Ripley? It's like heavy. It's like heavy... Artsy Emily, okay. If, if you pick wicked. I was gonna say, don't choose wicked.
4: No, no, okay. So so the truth is like my you know, like your oldest best friend in the whole world that you don't talk to every day, but like you always love them. So it's cabaret. So cabaret. Oh, is yes, here. yes, yes. But then Hamilton is my, like, if I want to just do that every single
0: day and Same. like sing every song, yeah. I've not even Same. seen it's so it. It's just, it's everyone's favorite. I've not even seen it. I don't even know the story, nothing, but everyone dies over that. So did we just talked bad
3: about Wicked. I
0: don't talk bad about Wicked. It's well, just a, we ba- just it's a basic choice. It's a basic yeah. choice. It is. It yeah. is a
3: basic choice, but. You know what? You would be a really good alphabet. Because I think you can do angry. Yes. I, I mean, if, someone's, if someone's alphabet, they have to do angry well. Like, it can't be cute or, like, you know, pretty. Like, it has to be real and angry. Wait,
0: and, and green, right? Mm-hmm. And green, green I yes. Can, yeah. You would look cute yeah. green, Emily. Because your eyes and your hair... I yes. Just oh, it's it. the
3: eyes. It's the eyes. Yeah. It's very expressive. Killing she can do. She can I do. I can about. do
0: angry well. Because <laughs> I God. can see that your eyes are
3: big and it's like expressive. So I'm like, th- those eyes would look good angry.
4: That's good. I've done so much expensive therapy to be able to like <laughs> get angry because Canadians
0: don't get angry. No, we don't get angry. We get We're sorry. Angry.
3: We're, so- <laughs> We're
5: sorry. Yeah.
0: We're just We're so, so sorry.
3: Sorry. <laughs> can we talk about your New Year's Eve experience a little bit? when where was this when was it um what happened
4: the pandemic i think fucks up your brain with time because i actually just thought oh we were in lake tahoe but
0: that wasn't last new year's right literally i can relate with this so much we were in let me set the scene for everyone okay. spontaneous trip rented a house Lake Tahoe, we wanted cold, we wanted snow, we thought there's a hot tub there, it's going to be nice and snowy, we can just, you know, spend New Year's, like, the Canadian way.
3: Question, is Lake Tahoe in California or Italy?
0: Lake, oh my god, (laughs)
3: California. (laughs) Wait, what is the lake in Italy that I'm thinking of? Lake Como?
0: Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Never mind. Sorry. Keep going. No, we were in California. We all drove up together. Emily came with. And he was doing his audition. He's shooting his audition for um drag race. Drag race. Yeah, he did like uh, Lindsay Lohan rumors, and yes. I filmed him in the yes. hot tub in full drag at the Lake Tahoe house. Yeah. Wow, Emily, that's iconic. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out, Got Mick. And that's not. Oh, I always forget. Everybody's like, it's Got Mick. I still. Say Kate. I know. I
4: always say Kate I know, too. We but all do. Yeah. After Everybody, saying it yeah. so many
0: times, I got used to the got mech. and yeah, I got
4: it. So, but that wasn't last New Year's. So that was the one before. So last New Year's, I was trapped in in Toronto because I had just I went to Halifax to shoot Chapel White, and then I was going home, and I got this job, this kind of uh, brand thing that I was shooting in Toronto, and then I was up for this job in Scotland and we didn't know if it was going to happen. And if it happened though, I couldn't, because of COVID, I couldn't travel to the U S before. Go- so it was a whole thing. And so I spent Christmas in Toronto with my best friend, Neela, and it was so great. Cause it was, you know, like an unplanned kind of Christmas. I'm not really a, I'm not really a family person. I'm much more of a like chosen family person. That's what I love so much about, your house and everybody it's like this special chosen family and um yeah so i did that we watched um we watched movies and had
0: cereal and just we made it like a kid's uh, christmas so right sometimes the best plans are no plans at all and i will say The House Gorgeous family was extremely happy to have you, but we could have been blood sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Is it too late? (laughs) who <laughs> knows anything Emily's is like, possible uh-uh. <laughs> anything is possible wow okay that was really fun going down memory lane but i want to get to something so on queerified we are really big about coming out stories and you you know playing so many different roles living so many different lives on camera what was your coming out story like for emily hampshire
4: yeah that, it's interesting because i um i never imagined myself Coming out, having to come out, anything, because I, I've always kind of been surrounded by LGBTQ plus people all my life, and I I was for all I thought straight, and I dated guys. I I married a man for eight years, and um, and then we were doing this episode of Shit's Creek, this wine episode where. David explains his pansexuality to Stevie through a wine metaphor. And I had never heard the word pansexuality before. I know everyone got that metaphor, but I was still confused with the three wines. I, I didn't understand it at that time. And then kind of cut to, I guess, five years later, I fell in love with someone and I'd noticed on like message boards a lot of people were saying like is Stevie a lesbian? Is Emily gay? Who's Emily? What uh like asking what I was right. and I asked Dan, I was like this is so weird. What am I? Because I just I genuinely just fall I fall very much for a vibe like uh, and You know, and I'm either also I just find someone attractive or I don't. And their gender genuinely doesn't matter to me. I would say I'm primarily more attracted physically to females. But, um, like, it's just more of an attitude, I think. Yeah, right. But anyway, so and he was like, you're pan. Don't you watch the show? And so then I did feel like I... I felt like I kind of had to identify myself and like label myself because people were asking. And but the truth is, like, while I completely get visibility and I think it's important for people to be loud and proud about who they are and all of that, my utopian society would be something where we just didn't really have to like I'm just or I didn't have to say I'm I don't know like any I just you like who you like and you're whatever gender you are like so that is so I kind of now feel like I never I feel like I don't want that to be just the headline of of me because it's not really true. It's, um, I just, I just like who I like. Exactly.
0: I think that's such a beautiful way to put it and such a beautiful experience because I mean, I can relate to that a lot. And I feel like we share this a lot in common, Emily, we were both, and this is something extremely rare. Like this is not something that happens every day. You were with somebody who transitioned during your relationship. And that's how I found out that I labeled as pansexual, because I was like, wow, you know, you know, Nats very well. I didn't fall in love with Nats, because back then he was a girl, I fell in love with his soul. So then when he transitioned, I was like, damn, I really got to look inward and look at who I fell in love with. I fell in love with the soul of this person. And I wanted to get your perspective, because I think it's a very unique one. What was the biggest learning lesson or advice that you would give yourself back then from that relationship?
4: I don't know that it's it's easy to say in retrospect, but like, I think I was a little naive in that I I didn't actually then know any trans people. And I I think I just really, again, fell in love with this person. And I don't think I knew enough about what she was going through. I think I tried a little I did wrong things sometimes I did. Like, I think if I went uh, like, well, it's even like with my friend Neela, who's trans and all my I mean, I have so many trans, non-binary friends now that they're the best they are. (laughs) Um, And I I do think there's something about getting a full perspective on gender. And um, but yeah, I guess the advice I would Give myself is to be less hard on myself back then because I think it's fair for someone to not know everything um and learn
3: very fair very valid
4: yeah and I and I think it's also like it is a period of time where someone is discovering who they are like a a new kind of and I mean I don't want to speak for you I haven't transitioned um but i imagine that there's just there's so much change going on that it's difficult to stay in a relationship
3: there's also a lot of change for you too i mean i think Gigi said this before you know when a person transitions it's not just them who transitions it's also the people around them so um i think it's a really great to hear your perspective on outside someone who's close but an outside perspective on somebody who's transitioning because it can't be easy
4: well to be fair i did fall in love with for me, uh, my ex was female and it was totally she did. It hadn't been very long that she transitioned, but I met her when she had just begun transitioning. So I didn't go. Okay, through, okay. Yeah, I didn't go through falling in love with someone, you know, before before they transitioned, which I I know a lot of
0: people who have.
4: And it's it is
0: think that's difficult. Yeah, it is. What I meant by that, though, is that it never really is over like for a very long time. You know, I'm still going through my transition. I have days I have I have moments and so does Nats. And I feel like the way that you were there for this person, this girl was so extremely amazing. And I think that that advice that you just said you would give yourself back then is don't be so hard on yourself. I think that's amazing. Anybody, the listener out there that's listening to this, I think they need to hear that. And I'm so happy that you said that because sometimes I have to remind myself that too. Yeah.
4: And I do think like what you said, we're in a sense, we're all transitioning all the time. And that's kind of like, not literally, but, but there is, I was worried about, you know, being labeled pansexual and stuff because, you know, I, I might, I mean, that covers everything, but it, I changed my mind. I change all the time. And I'm, I, I mean, I don't think you thought you would be straight with (laughs) naps,
0: Right. (laughs) I mean, to some people's, yeah, expression of the word straight, for sure. It's such a trip. Life just happens. I feel like that's why it's so important to just to look back and be like, well, what advice would I give myself back then? Do I need it now? You know, moving forward. It's just life just happens. It's so fast. It's such a trip. And with the pandemic, like you said earlier, it's a time warp. It's like we're already in like what? Yeah. It's almost been two years we've been in this thing. It's so crazy. It really is a time like a mind fuck. Yeah. Totally.
3: Has your sexuality ever um affected your career?
4: No. I mean, it's weird because, you know, I um I came out coinciding with a show that was very progressive and special for a lot of lgbtq plus people it was i mean the way dan decided to create there. he had a mandate when he created schitt's creek that there will be no homophobia in schitt's creek and the town and the townspeople will never be the butt of the joke and it was just such a place of like inclusion that as much as we get a lot of fans telling us how much that affected them and changed their lives it wasn't lost on us like i think all of us changed from that show i think our hearts grew a little bigger even though i always thought and feel like i've always been someone who just loves people and doesn't see those differences but I think, you know, if you grow up in the world and you're raised in a society, those kind of things get in you. And and I think, um, so well, I'm not really answering your question, though. But I guess the point is that being on that show, it, it kind of made it easy to just be who I was. It did also really just make me think a lot. I think having to, to think about what my sexuality was really took me back to thinking oh so in in high school like when I was saying you had to let me do this to you to practice for boys
0: <laughs> I'm dying <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I was like it wasn't that I wanted to have those tits that the girl had i wanted to sleep with her um, uh-huh. it was confusing
3: <laughs> i know what you mean i've had those moments with Gigi where i was like so that's why you would say those things because you were into that back then i was like got it <laughs> got I'm gonna it. going
0: flush and die how long have you guys known each other like almost 20 years yeah about 20 Ow. years yeah longest friend really ever. long time hmm but back to you, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't like each other anymore. So back to you. <laughs> you know what I want to know? So getting back on the topic of being pan. So I watched this movie with you, my awkward sexual <laughs> <laughs> adventure. <laughs> I know that you have had sex scenes and moments with guys, right? So playing a queer or being a queer person, playing a straight character how does that play off? Because being pan is really digging the person, falling in love with the person's soul. Were you in love with that person's soul that you were with? Or how was that? How was that process? <laughs> no, that's
3: actually. Um, yeah, no. We're in the- inside the actor's studio asking the to tough yeah, questions yes, now.
4: <laughs> definitely not. And also, if you're ever on set in a sex scene, because people ask these questions all the time, it is the most unsexy thing in the world. Like I had a giant knee band aid on my. And, I and and like oh my God. and it was like and he's wearing a sock and it's just like not hot. But what's what is funny is the first time someone slid into my DMs and um asked me on a date, this girl asked me on a date, and I was like and I wasn't out or anything then. I it was like first season of Shits Creek, and and I was like, What makes you think I'm lesbian? And um, she's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, was it the plaids? Was it the plaques? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, kind of, I guess. Um. Anyways, that was, and then we went on a date and I'm like, yeah,
3: I'm into you. <laughs> Gag. Is there a difference between sex scenes um, with girls or boys?
4: I've never had a sex scene with a girl. What? Oh, you haven't? No, but it's funny that I do get, Offered more um, queer-leaning roles. I've yet to.
3: Have. Do you like that, or oh are you looking God. to like challenge yourself?
4: Challenge myself to kiss a hot
0: girl. <laughs> 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 You're like <laughs> that's not acting.
4: Yeah, no, I've never um, played a uh, lesbian or queer or yeah. I and I, to answer your question, I I don't look for that. I honestly just look for. <sighs> I guess I like to read a script that where the character kind of gives me something like, well, this chapel Wade she was such a woman ahead of her time and so strong and confident and brave. And like, I wanted a bit of that, that for myself or my awkward sexual adventure. I remember wanting to do that movie because she was so confident sexually. And like, I never even said the word, fraud of my mother like i (laughs) right
3: so acting is a therapy for you
4: yeah a little it's it's a little greed it's a little like i want more than this one perspective i've been given and i also think that is what i find really attractive in A lot of my trans friends who transitioned later in life and experienced being socialized as male or female and then transition and and experience being on the receiving end of the other gender, like I I find that perspective to be better than just one perspective.
3: Gigi, what have you found like are the differences living, you know, is in your previous life and living now? Like, what are the big differences? So
0: I, it's it's different because I wasn't some football player, you know, before in my yeah. previous gender. Yeah. I was a diver <laughs> that turned into a super, super flamboyant male presenting boy, but I was still really, really out there. So even when I would go to like, you know, Shopper's Drug Mart, which is Canada's <laughs> Rite Aid <laughs> or Walgreens or whatever. <laughs> I love all my points. I, just, I know. Oh my God. I <laughs> lost my cards. I can't. So I'm picturing like a shopper's drug mart in particular, but when I would whenever I would go there, if I wasn't the most dressed up, if I didn't have lashes on or I didn't have a handbag, which I usually did, it would always be, oh, you're so handsome. It would be, you know, girls kind of stopping at the door, you know, having me open it, you know, just like classic gender role things. And so when I started driving, it was like, I'm pumping my own gas. I'm going into pay. It was just basically like I'm doing everything for myself, which is 100% fine. I enjoy doing that. When I transitioned, when my hair grew out, when I fully started feeling myself in my trans fantasy, I fully started feeling like this is Gigi doors flying open, gas being paid for, people asking for my number. I would like go to the mall and I would have to literally beat people off. Like, I'd be like, okay, I'm here for two things. I got to go. But it would be stopping to talk and me being just polite, like engaging. Whereas before I'd be like, I never had to do this shit.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. So like some of the social aspects are very different, but at the end of the day, it kind of sucked that people thought less of me because I was a girl. Like, oh, she's not going to get it. She won't understand it. Like I'm saying, like in like a stranger, a stranger environment, like say like a, a party, like I would go to my older brother's school and it would be like, oh, yeah, she won't get it. She won't understand. You know, let's leave out the girls and just have a guy moment. I'm But, but like, I want to hang out. I can I can watch TV with you guys like little things like that. I think you just see from the other side and Not to say I would change it for anything in the world or trade it, but it just is like, yeah, you see people's like gender, gender constructs in their head and it's so deeply instilled in these people that it's not going away anytime soon. So, Emily, coming out of the pandemic, what is next for you? What can we look out for? What are you excited about? The
4: next thing, well, the thing that I'm working on right now is Mary Hartman.
0: Mary Hartman, Mary
3: Hartman. Oh, my God. I'm so excited about that.
4: Yeah. And it's so exciting to be on this other side of it in, in the writing and the and the getting everything from the beginning. That's what I really was inspired by Dan creating this show from his imagination, he had an idea and, and he knew how he wanted the sets to look and he knew how he wanted the wardrobe. And I love that stuff, like creating a world. Mm-hmm. I love kind of up. my favorite thing is updating the characters. So, yeah, that's what's next to me. I also uh, next for me. Um, I also did, um, this show in Scotland that will be coming out. It's called the rig. It's an Amazon, a new Amazon series. Um, so that'll be coming out. I, I just want to keep working. I like working.
0: Would you ever do Broadway? Oh,
4: I would love to, but when I, Mary
0: Hartman goes there, obviously.
4: I would do it as Mary. What well, was so great to do a musical thing in Shits Creek was doing it as Stevie to be kind of, Forgiven for the fact that I know I'm not A Broadway quality singer Definitely not a Broadway quality Dancer but I just love it I'll commit (laughs) I will say that
0: singing uh, Scene in Schitt's Creek with you as um, Stevie for What's her name Moira Mm
4: -hmm. yeah, Was
0: so cute And I think Tiffany bringing it back to Tiffany And I watched it like I'm gonna say 50 Times over and over (gasps) Oh. It was so powerful and beautiful. And your little connection, you got to her little stone-cold heart. It was so cute. Not, oh, my God. Not Tiffany. Moira. <laughs> 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 Tiffany does not have a stone Not at of- all. No, she's like an open <laughs> book. No, I was talking about Moira. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tiffany, I love you if you're listening.
3: Anyways, Emily, will you stay with us and answer some queries from our listeners?
0: Yes. Amazing. We'll be right back with Emily. Welcome back. We are still here with Miss Emily Hampshire, and we are going to get to your queries. Don't forget, you can call us at 1-844-QUERIES, which is Q-U-E-E-R-Y-S, and ask us absolutely anything. Nothing is off limits, and we have three great questions today. So are we ready to dive in? Ready. Here we go.
2: Hi, Gigi. Hi, Mimi. My name is Nave. I'm from the Washington, D.C. area. And first of all, I just wanted to say that I'm a with this podcast I found it not that long ago and I literally listen to it every like the minute you release an episode and I like sing along to the intro I love it it makes my day and I just wanted to say to you specifically Gigi I have been watching your YouTube videos since I was 10 years old. 10 years old I would literally come home from school get my little after school snack and turn on your videos and I just love you I've loved you for years literally if I can meet one person it'd be you I love you so much just, you've always inspired me, and just everything about you, your confidence, your energy, always inspired me. And Mimi, I'm so glad to start to get to know you on this podcast. I am so happy to be getting to know you and your personality. Um, so my question for you both is actually about your friendship. I wanted to know, what is your favorite memory together as friends? Um, I know you said that you knew each other growing up, so I just wanted to know what your favorite memory together was. Love
3: you both so much. Bye. Oh, Maeve, that was such a cute question. First of all, I love Washington, D.C. It's one of my favorite cities. Um, And your question, what is our favorite memory together? So let's do me and Gigi's favorite memory and then Emily and Gigi's favorite memory together. Gigi, what's your... Do you want to go first? What's your favorite memory with me?
0: Sure. Okay. So I don't know if we've talked about this before. I feel like I've mentioned it in a YouTube video, though, if, if we haven't on the podcast. So... Mark and I kind of had this like competitive streak within us back in the day. So he came out to our whole high school and then I came out like days later. Like I was like, "Oh my god. There can't just be one of us." <laughs> so in a sense it it helped me be who I was, but there was this one instance. So we were both talking about, you know, owning a pair of heels and we just thought it that it was like The next step for us, we're like, well, we need a pair of heels. We watch Victoria's Secret Runways every day. Like, we just need to, like, further our our fashion wardrobe. So he had this boyfriend at the time and he's like, I have a date tonight. And I was like, okay, amazing. He comes to school the next day and he's like, oh, my God, my boyfriend got me these shoes and they were gorgeous high heels. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like so happy for him Quote unquote But I went to the mall that night And got the same pair of shoes The exact same (laughs) pair In like a half size up Which is even more shady And that was just That's one of my favorite memories I feel like it was like this constant Like fun little friendship thing Do you remember at the same mark or no?
3: Yes, because that boyfriend at the time Would say things like You guys are always playing Keeping up with the
0: Joneses
3: and I'm like, what do you mean? It's just like fun. <laughs>
0: but we were. Uh, that's so-, so he wanted. <laughs> he wanted were. you to get ahead with the heels, huh?
3: No, he was like, what is this game you guys are playing? Like, stop! And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, I need the new. I need the newest iPhone now because Gigi got the newest iPhone. Like, no more BlackBerry.
0: <laughs> Classic.
3: <laughs> Can't do that anymore. I'm like, oh, Gigi drives now, so I need to. I need to drive. <laughs> 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 Things like that. Uh, but my favorite memory. I was just thinking about this. Is probably. Your dad's wine cellar. Growing up, your what dad. about it? <laughs> your dad had a huge wine cellar that I'm gonna say was stocked with at least 200 bottles of bottles of wine at all times. Yeah, and it was always the very best. And every single time we wanted to have a drink, we would walk into that <laughs> wine cellar <laughs> and just pick any wine. Yes. <laughs> Like the most expensive, like a red this time, a white this time. Just literally anytime we needed wine, we would grab the best one. And I'd so. be like,
0: we would always be like, We'll replace it. Him. No, you won't. <laughs> you don't even know where I got that. Oh god, no. classic high school memories. Am I right? High
3: school memories, <laughs> drinking Santa Margarita. Um, <laughs> what are your favorite memories with each other?
0: Emily, okay, so I this actually goes back to New Year's Eve. So Emily has this journal, and she does these Instagram stories with, with it. Uh, he, he, it's a boy, right? Stums?
4: Oh, Stums is... Uh, st- that's not a journal. Stums is my son. Uh, oh, he's, right, right. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Stums <laughs> is a an roll snowman, a Yeti. Oh, yeah. right. Yes. But I do have my diary, my dear diary and dear smaller diary. Those are diaries that I write in. So those are two different things. Okay.
0: So (laughs) on the stubs point of it, so I used to always call stubs, stubs, stubbies. (laughs) Right? Remember that, Emily? Yes. (laughs) I would always call it stubbies. And I was like, where is stubbies? And she brought stubbies, her son, to Lake Tahoe for New Year's Eve. And we were setting up this dinner and she was like, well, stubbies needs a seat. And we literally got this high chair that was in this uh, person's rented home, their Airbnb. And we set up like a little like New Year's Eve dinner for him. I just thought that that was so cute. And it was like, what the hell are we doing? Like, we have have a Yeti at the table.
4: Real parents. You were like taking care of him. And I, I trusted you guys with him. (laughs) The only person (laughs) I trusted with him was Hillary because she seemed really maternal. Very gentle. Um, Yeah, she totally
0: is. Yes. Yeah, I just thought that was so cute.
4: Yeah. Oh, God, I loved that. I have some great pictures from then. (laughs) That whole New Year's was such a favorite memory of mine because I remember you and Nats dancing and you were in your fur. And um, that was just so lovely. I guess, well, the first one that came to mind for me was when... we were at I can't remember what bar it was because that was another thing in this group of people you guys went like clubbing and bars and I've never been to a club and (laughs) so it yeah but I was with Tiffany and it was it's it's kind of like a, a mushy memory in my head but it was a good feeling one because it was like me and Tiff hadn't Said that we were like girlfriend, girlfriends. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think I I slipped or
0: something, like said, like, I love you. Yo, that
4: was not, yeah. Oh my you God. Said you said I, I love, love you to Tiffany.
0: <laughs> oh my God. We have a <laughs> you nod like, from you Emily. Said
4: it, you said it. And it was this whole that Anyways, it was very um sweet slash anxiety slash, but you were really pushing it forward um, because I said it and you heard it and
0: oh <laughs> Oh my god I love it that's sweet that's so funny
3: okay thank you for sharing that <laughs> I'm gonna text Tiffany right after this
0: oh my god I feel
5: like we all are
3: <laughs> our second query here we go
5: hello my name is Christina and I'm calling for my boyfriend. He definitely listens to the show on a regular, and he's going through some stuff that's a little bit hard. We've been dating for about a year, and I've encouraged him to come out and be his true self, and we've had mutual friends for about maybe 20 years, and as he's open to his real self and to life, those friends seem to be hesitant. So my question is, how can I be supportive for him, and what can I tell him that's supportive for him to keep going i mean these friends have to come to terms in their heart with how they feel and i mean this process is just really hard and i want to know how to be more supportive he absolutely leans on the show and loves to watch it i do want to say thank you so much for all of you who pioneered the way for anyone that is trans in this world and just wonderful thank you for putting out podcasts, and I really want to know how I can be more supportive to my boyfriend and how I can be more supportive to the community around me and also my child in a new generation that's also trans thank you so much you guys and keep doing awesome stuff it's really supportive for everybody in our community lots
0: of love Oh. Hi, Christina. Thank you for that question.
3: What do you think about that, Gigi?
0: Oh, I think it's beautiful. She sounds like a, a rainbow angel, trans mother. She sounds galvanized. She need like we need her. We we need her, and I'm so excited for her child. I think this is such a great thing for for the child. And I will say about the boyfriend. So I think if you are if you are in a situation where you have somebody that you know wants to change or be their authentic self around you. I would say don't push them too much, but if they do share something with you, hold them accountable. Maybe don't push them or bully them or, you know, make them uncomfortable in that way, but remind them, like you shared this with me, you you let me in on this. This is both of our journeys now. I am here for you. You are enough. There's no rush, but you can always take a little step today you know, really like try to put that out there. And I think it will make them feel really comfortable with you. And that's what I try to do. I mean, I I know tons of trans people in my life right now that I'm like, well, you said you wanted to do this. So we could do it, but only if you're okay. I got your back. But if not tomorrow... Or next week like set little milestones I think that's really important but without being too too much because then you could turn them off
3: I totally agree with everything Gigi said she sounds like the person who takes the lead a lot <laughs> she sounds ready to go but I would say let your partner take the lead follow where they want to go sometimes you know queer people are not ready to take a few steps. Sometimes they're not ready to come out. Sometimes they don't have that strength and confidence yet. And that's okay. So you just have to wait and follow their lead. It's But it's again, it's really hard. It's hard. And you just have to be there for them when it gets hard. What do you think, Emily?
4: I mean, I can't say it better than either of you, especially not Gigi. But I do think she just sounds like just, just that she called here to see how she can better support her boyfriend like that says it all like you're trying i do think with a lot of a lot of stuff that's that's changed for for people in in a relationship or in a friendship family all of that i think there has to be room for learning and i think that first step is like your willingness to try and you may fuck up a pronoun you may like do that but like you want to try and be better and be supportive, and so I just think that in itself is everything.
0: Love that it is. Yeah. Thank
3: you for calling in, Christina. That was a great question. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening. Oh my god.
3: Okay. Our third and last query for the day.
0: Um, I have a question. My
5: question is: I am, I am from the USA in the city in Texas, USA, and um, my name is Adriana, and. What is it like to be famous? And how do you feel if people get you hate comments and other stuff that you don't really like? And I love you guys so much. Bye.
3: Ah, uh, Adriana, you're so cute. <laughs> Did not think that was the question. <laughs> Emily, <laughs> do you, you want to answer this one first? What is it like being famous and how do you deal with haters?
4: Me? Are you asking yes. me? You know, I I'm lucky I haven't really dealt with haters. And I think that's because people really the part I played was people love Stevie. I love Stevie. Um, But what is very strange is that we went into this pandemic, this quarantine. We were all wearing masks and shits really became popular during that time. And so me and Annie were talking about this, that I was in Scotland when I first stopped wearing a mask and went outside and it was like a very different experience um i, wow. I mean I recognized sometimes before, but this was it's now like oh, that kind of that kind of thing where um I mean, it's always. It's always nice because I think people like the show, but it's very new and sudden and all at once for us because we were all in quarantine and then we came out
0: and suddenly everybody knew the show. Bam! So. Yeah, and you are very recognizable. I mean, yeah. Stevie, I would be like oh, pointing to, especially if you had any, if you if you had any kind of plaid on, I'd be like, that is Stevie. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Most people recognize me from my voice, which I find weird. That happened us oh. in Italy. Someone was like, "See, I, it was me and Dan and a bunch of people, and they didn't recognize anybody until they heard my voice." And this guy came over and he was like, "That's
0: how I knew." And Dan was like, "Yeah, she's loud." Oh my god, you do have a very distinct voice, actually. I never thought about it.
3: Well, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for staying with us and answering our queries.
0: I'm just gonna- Sorry, I just went oh my God, she has my setting powder with her. My limited Ipsy collection that might or might not be coming back. You still have that? Oh, is that bad? No, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like it. Oh, love that. Oh my God, so I'm always with you. No. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, All Emily, for coming on and really being open and honest. I feel like this is going to be such a great listen. And everyone, Mary Hartman. Hello, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. I hope you're Chattel as excited way. as us. Yes. Thank you so much. And nice meeting
4: you, Mimi. And um, yeah, someday we'll see each other in real life. Hopefully it's sometime soon.
3: Where can people find you?
4: Um, in my closet. Um, <laughs> and um, they can find me on Instagram. I mean, I'm on the other things, but I don't really go there. I like uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm Emily Hampshire. I'm at Emily Hampshire.
0: i don't know i don't know (laughs) thank you so much for joining us bye Bye. thank you so much to our guest emily hampshire and thank you so much for listening you can follow me at gg gorgeous and mark at mark maverick as always queerified is a presentation of ramble a cadence 13 studio please listen, rate. They help us so much. Review and follow all episodes. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. See you in the next one.